This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Disturbing allegations against a Delta school teacher. Mr. Rashef did have direct contact with children. The charges he's facing after a 15-month-long investigation on flood watch. Basically, the highway became a river. It was just a nightmare. Warnings across the province and the rising rivers already causing problems. And middle seat strife. Being squished up three in a row for hours on end. The pushback over airline attempts to fill up those planes. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. Chris is off tonight. A Delta elementary school teacher is facing child pornography charges. 52-year-old Elazar Rashef first came to the attention of RCMP more than a year ago, flagged by an internet watchdog group. Rumina Dea has more on how the school district is responding and reaction from some of Rashef's students. This is Fabiola. How can I help you? 15 months ago, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children contacted Surrey RCMP with a tip, resulting in serious charges now being laid against a Delta school teacher. Charges have been approved for a 52-year-old Surrey man. Um, Elzar Rishef has been charged with three counts of child pornography-related offenses. Elazar Rashef was a teacher at Gray Elementary School in Delta. Investigators have done a complete and thorough review of the evidence that they have access to. And at this point, there is no indication that any Lower Mainland children um, are potential victims. We spoke to more than half a dozen students, parents and a grandparent. They were not comfortable going on camera. They told us they were shocked to learn of the charges, adding that Rashef was a popular teacher. Working on limited information, just an IP address back in March of 2019, police say it took four months for Surrey RCMP's Internet Child Exploitation Unit to track down Rashef, who was still teaching. Immediately, police say they contacted the school district, which confirmed today that the individual has not been at work since July 2019 and has not been permitted on Delta School District property since that time. The Mounties said they released the details in this case in the interest of public safety and to further the investigation. If there is any information that the Surrey RCMP Internet uh, Child Exploitation Unit is not aware of, to um, encourage the public to come forward. Romina Dea, Global News. Prince George RCMP say an attack in the city's downtown core last night is now a homicide investigation. One woman is dead after she was stabbed on 3rd Avenue and George Street just outside the courthouse around 10 p.m. yesterday. When officers arrived, a 26-year-old woman was found. She later died of her injuries. Well, it's, it's highly unlikely that this was a completely random act. Um, uh, certainly, it's 
too early to say exactly what took place or what the motives were towards this incident. And so, uh, although we don't believe the public's at risk, but, you know, somebody is responsible for this and that person is still at large. Final arguments have been heard in the trial of a former Surrey realtor accused of murdering his girlfriend during what was supposed to have been a romantic getaway in the Okanagan. Tejwant Danju bludgeoned Rama Garavarapu to death with a broken wine bottle in their Kelowna hotel room after spending the day wine tasting back in 2018. The Crown and the defence largely agree on the facts in this case. The defence, though, says it was manslaughter because Danju was diagnosed with a delusional jealous disorder, believing his girlfriend was having an affair. The Crown says it was second-degree murder. A verdict is expected in August. Some good news on BC's COVID front. Health officials say the outbreak at Langley Lodge is now officially over. In the past 24 hours, 13 new cases in our province for a total now of 2,947. Six cases previously reported have been removed from the total as they were identified as residents of another province. Fortunately, no new deaths today, so that number remains at 177. 19 people are in hospital, two in the ICU. 2,608 known to have had the virus have recovered, which leaves us with 162 active cases. And Lynn Valley Care Centre aides have voted in favour of joining the Hospital Employees Union. The long-term care centre was the site of Canada's first COVID-related death. Union representatives say care aides found themselves in a high-risk and uncertain situation as COVID took hold of the site back in March. The union filed an application at the Labour Relations Board a few weeks ago. Well, physical distancing is one of the key COVID-19 preventative measures, which health officials remind us of almost every day. But Canada's airlines are ditching the distancing guidelines now and starting to sell that middle seat again. And the regulatory body says that's not a problem. Sean O'Shea has more. Airlines make almost all of their money selling seats. As more travelers are flying again, the issue of which seats to sell during a pandemic is now a matter of debate. It's a crazy idea. Uh, leave it empty. In Canada, Air Canada and WestJet have started selling the middle seats again, something they hadn't been doing during the pandemic. It's one reason Dennis Kendall agreed to travel again. And then the next day, Air Canada changed its policies and simply said they were eliminating the, uh, the saving of the middle seat. Passengers in this situation are entitled to a refund on the basis that the service that they contracted is not the service that the airline is willing to provide them now. The IATA put out guidance to airlines last month in which it wrote, mandating that airlines use empty seats to increase physical distance between passengers is not an effective health precaution on board aircraft. Some airlines don't sell the middle seat. Others, like United, have done so all along. When our competitors talk about blocking middle seats, they're talking about a PR strategy, not a safety strategy. A safety strategy is one that's focused on wearing masks and requiring people to, to wear them correctly. Still, for a lot of flyers who fear the virus that spreads in ways not fully understood, sitting beside a stranger holds little appeal. That middle seat may not prevent the spread, but it represents at least some physical distancing from a traveler who could also be a carrier. That's the reason why I'm flying Delta, is because they're keeping one seat in between all passengers, and so I feel a lot more comfortable doing that than being like completely booked in an airplane. I don't know that it's very wise at the moment. The airline had used a, um, 
a policy as a marketing tactic to increase customer confidence about safety of flying. Air Canada and WestJet are already in the crosshairs of consumer anger for issuing credits but not refunds to travellers with cancelled bookings because of COVID-19. I don't think that the Canadian travel industry can recover if this remains a kind of black hole that you have to worry that when you pay your money, then you may not get it back if the flight is cancelled for reasons entirely outside your control. Now the middle seat issue. But being squished up three in a row for hours on end is really a very, very bad and dangerous idea. Flyers already wary of boarding a plane again, now facing the prospect of sitting elbow to elbow with someone they don't know. Sean O'Shea, Global News, Toronto. And there is a pushback over the selling of those middle seats on airplanes. Our Legislative Bureau Chief Keith Baldry joins us now with more on that. Keith, an opposition MP is speaking out. Yeah, just the latest politician to speak out against Transport Canada's lax ruling here. Uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry and B.C. Health Minister Adrian Dix have been uh, critical of uh, the move to go away from social distancing. Uh, but they said they're going to basically advise people to wear masks as much as possible and try to keep your physical distance. But today, uh, Vancouver Kingsway MP Don Davies from the NDP, who's the NDP's health critic, points out why should the airline industry play by a different set of rules that everyone else has to play by? No other industry is being allowed to violate physical distancing guidelines. Restaurants aren't allowed to do it. Theaters aren't allowed to do it. Grocery stores aren't allowed to do it. There's simply no reason why we would allow aircraft to allow people to sit elbow to elbow, knee to back, in a, a confined environment without access to outside fresh air. I'd have to say, Sophie, judging by my inbox and my social media feeds, I think travel and borders have now emerged as the dominant issues of controversy uh, in this pandemic. And I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. One final note, just the latest numbers from Washington State. More than 600 uh, COVID-19 cases reported today and 10 more deaths, which stands in stark contrast to the 13 cases here and zero deaths. And we've been tracking that pattern for weeks now. Certainly have. All right. Thanks for that, Keith. Concerns are running high tonight over rising water throughout the province. There are almost a dozen flood watches in place and three warnings, putting many British Columbians on edge and stranding many more due to washouts and highway closures. Paul Johnson reports. West of Revelstoke, a four-kilometer stretch of Highway 1 reopened Friday. After drainage basins were overwhelmed and the highway flooded and had to be closed overnight, causing delays and a brief scramble for accommodation in the area. But as that situation resolved, rising waters elsewhere have communities on alert. Here's a look at the Thompson River in Kamloops, where the water is running high and there are some patches of localized flooding. Probably around 10.30, the creek started coming up again, way up. In normally dry Cache Creek, a heavy rain triggered flooding the damaged portions of roads and briefly inundated the fire hall. Similar situations are threatening to happen in communities throughout the interior, where a wide swath of the province is under flood watches and warnings. The situation with road and highway closures is expected to be in flux, so consult Drive BC if you're planning on traveling. In the lower reaches of the Fraser, some fields are waterlogged from this year's late spring freshet. The region's benchmark, the river gauge at Mission, was nearing six meters Friday, which is the signal to be vigilant downstream. 
Anytime we get up in around the, the six meter mark, we start to implement our, our emergency response plans. In New Westminster, the Quayside Walk has been closed and authorities are warning people and their pets to stay away from the fast-flowing water. Already, a search and rescue operation is underway for a man possibly swept away in the Coquihalla River. They're wanting to avoid an accident like that and deal with other risks as the waters are expected to peak over the next couple of days. Due to the debris that's coming down the river right now, uh, that could potentially uh, take out a portion of the boardwalk if, if that happens. So uh, we don't want to uh, have any pedestrians walking on along the boardwalk. In New Westminster, Paul Johnson, Global News. Right, the next couple of days are crucial. What can we expect over the next 24 hours in those regions? Here's meteorologist Christy Gordon. Sophie, the rainfall, the worst is definitely over, although a few areas still could see some, and I'll show you that in a second, but I want you to remember that uh, the rainfall that we saw over the last few days is still having an impact. It takes a while to make its way down the tributaries and streams and affect those larger rivers, so we'll be watching the impact through the weekend for those key areas under watches and warnings. Now, in terms of more rainfall, we still have rainfall on the way for the Caribou, the Columbia, the central interior and the BC Peace River area, five to 10 millimeters, but some areas could see isolated amounts even for even more than that. So we'll be watching to see if there's a worsening impact through the weekend for those areas, but the Thompson area looks in the clear. Now, as for the lower Fraser River region, we will be watching that through next week. It takes a long time for all of that water from the upper Fraser River to make its way down. So a good three to five days. So although no more significant rain, we still could see an impact into next week. All right, we'll keep an eye on it. Christy, thank you. Vancouver police are asking for the public's help to find a missing teen who is high risk. 16-year-old Quinn Becerra was last seen near the area of East 39th and Chester Street at around 8.30 last night. Police say Quinn suffers from seizures and is developmentally challenged. His family is extremely worried about his well-being. Quinn is familiar with transit. He's about 5'11 and was last seen wearing a puffy camouflage jacket. If you see him, you are asked to call 911 and stay with him until police arrive. Quinn has never gone missing before uh, and so his family is deeply concerned as are the police. We have units all over the city, dozens and dozens of officers right now looking for Quinn. Uh, we have a huge community support right now that's also out there, community volunteers. Um, we have our Vancouver Police drone that's set up. Vancouver Fire has been notified, our hospitals have been notified, and so has transit. Two very expensive bottles of spirits were stolen in a dramatic smash and grab at a liquor store in Richmond. Richmond RCMP say two bottles of high-end whiskey were nabbed from the Brig House BC liquor store back on the evening of June 27th. The suspect smashed a display case and took two bottles of Delmore Constellation, one a 1966, the other a 1969. Their combined value, $80,000. And they could be the only bottles of those vintages of Delmore in B.C. The suspect is described as a white man in his 20s and wearing a mask as he left the scene in a black pickup truck. Disorder is on the rise in downtown Vancouver. People screaming and chasing after moms. The increase in emergency calls in previously quiet neighborhoods and the general consensus about why it's happening in just over a minute.
Wild crash in Ontario. How the driver got lucky later on the news hour. Plus, the Washington Redskins rethink their name. What finally sparked the change of heart from a team owner who once said it would never happen? That's still to come. Right now, though, residents, business owners, police, and even members of the homeless community are speaking out about what they all say are rapidly deteriorating conditions in downtown Vancouver. Since the dismantling of the Oppenheimer Park tent city, the problems just seem to have spread through the downtown area, with a noticeable spike in crime, public drug use, and mental health episodes. Here's Jordan Armstrong. Piles of debris in doorways, alleys, parks, even inside banks. People in crisis, like this nearly naked man who climbed onto a vehicle at Granville and Davy. What's downtown Vancouver like these days? I'm sick of the drugs. I'm sick of watching my friends die. I'm sick of all of it. We asked the homeless. Now everyone's stealing from everybody. A young mother. Aggressive street behavior towards strollers, which is terrifying, which is the reason why I wear my daughter right now. And Vancouver police. We've definitely seen an increase in, in calls for service in regards to disturbances, fights, weapons calls. Um, open drug use. Inspector Rob Clark says an area of concern is the old Howard Johnson Hotel on Granville, a temporary home for many former residents of the Oppenheimer encampment. A recent call involved bear banger explosives being dropped out of a hotel window, a sound often mistaken for gunfire. So we addressed that problem. But more disturbing is more, more recently we caught a fellow who's breaking into a vehicle and a subsequent search of his person, we found a device on him that had been made with bear bangers where he had taken a number of bear bangers, put some ball bearings, taped that up and put a fuse in it. So essentially made an improvised explosive device. But what's the solution to the downtown disorder? Police have put 14 more officers on patrol. However, they and everyone else we spoke to are in agreement that governments must do more to address the core problems, homelessness, mental illness, and addiction. My biggest concern is having to explain to her before the age of three what an overdose looks like and why someone's overdosed. Do you think the mayor should come down here and see the suffering? I do. I mean, it's, it's the only way to open up your eyes because it, it took a lot for me to open up my eyes. It could happen to anybody. It could, it could happen to anybody. A view of Vancouver that's not hard to find but evidently easy to ignore. After all, you'll never see this image in a tourism brochure. Jordan Armstrong, Global News. Still ahead, life-saving medication that's millions of dollars out of reach. It's right now being described as the most expensive drug in the world. The newborn who desperately needs it and the lengths her parents are going to get it. And up next. Mainly right now they're from BC, so the locals coming up from Vancouver. After months of staying at home, British Columbians hit the road to explore BC. Traffic is moving well here, especially southbound after clearing an earlier stall. It was at mid-span, but the tow truck made quick work of that one. You're moving well in both directions at the Patello Bridge this evening. Kermat Collision and Auto Glass have been family-run and locally owned since 1973. For unmatched quality repairs and exceptional service, choose Kermac. For location information, visit Kermac.com. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One, high above the Patello Bridge. 
Well, it looks like it's going to be a busy weekend for tourism in the Okanagan. Hotels and restaurants are seeing an influx of visitors with the move in B.C. to Phase 3, encouraging British Columbians to travel within the province. As Claudia Van Emmerich reports, it's a relief for businesses hit hard during the pandemic. Perfect. So, coffee, cups. Sandra and Bert Stewart are enjoying what they're calling a... Mini vacation. The Chilliwack couple has traveled to Kelowna for four days for a little R&R. First time in a few months we've been able to leave town and get out and do stuff. And they're far from being alone as local hotels and motels like the Coast Capri start to fill up. The booking pace has grown exponentially in the past couple of weeks. So much so that there are no vacancies here for the weekend. This hotel is fully occupied this weekend. It's come along a little faster than I thought, uh, but we're prepared for it and we're ready for it. Downtown Kelowna looking busy Friday afternoon. Little social distancing and masks almost non-existent. Resembling a typical summer day in the Okanagan. We've had fantastic support from the local community with the ease restrictions in phase three as well with the people coming downtown and and visiting from out of town. We're fairly close to where we were this time last year in sales. Phase three in BC's restart plan went into effect last week. It allows for travel within the province, something tourism operators here have anxiously been waiting for. Very happy, very happy because... Yeah, like uh, we're open, we're ready to go. Meg's Barbecue Boats, like most tourism operators, seeing a lot of visitors from Metro Vancouver and the Fraser Valley. While those who rely on tourism dollars like what they see so far, they know the uncertainty is unlike anything they've ever seen before. No one expected this. Uh, No one really knows what to expect, really. As the tourism season kicks into what's typically high gear. Claudia Van Global News, Kelowna. A Burnaby man has beaten the odds, winning the Lotto 649 twice. David O'Brien took home the $1 million guaranteed prize, describing the win as mind-boggling. And it surely is, because four years earlier, O'Brien matched all six numbers to win the $5 million jackpot. He says his wife didn't believe him when he told her of his second win. Since they are already retired, the two plan to travel to India with his most recent winnings, when it's safe to do so, of course. Up next, changing the name of the game. The healing will start when we get the name change. SFU's next steps to cut the clan from its identity as the Redskins rethink their controversial moniker. Plus, a Vancouver couple's multi-million dollar plea to save their baby's life. Believe BC, featured on Global News Hour at 6 and 980 CKNW, celebrates the innovative minds working together to reignite business throughout our province. Believe BC, presented in partnership with BCLC. With every play, you're making BC even better. Well, the weather's pretty gross, but traffic's not too bad over here. Southbound on Highway 99 through Richmond towards the Massey Tunnel. Counterflow is out and minimal delays both ways. For 47 years, Kermat Collision and Autoglass have provided unmatched superior customer service and satisfaction. With 18 lower mainland locations, there's a Kermat in your neighborhood. Visit Kermat.com. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One, high above Highway 99 in Richmond. Some breaking news for you now. Several protesters have been arrested ahead of the arrival of U.S. President Donald Trump in Mount Rushmore tonight. Protesters are blocking traffic and carrying signs opposing the president and the treatment of indigenous people. The president is in South Dakota to get a head start on Independence Day. Uh, Celebrations planning to give a speech at the National Monument tonight. 
as well as a fireworks show for his supporters. Well, SFU's varsity athletic teams will be getting a name change. During a virtual meeting last night, the university's sports administration committed to getting rid of the Klan. That after a number of student-athletes spoke out against the name and took part in the I Am Not Your Klansman social media campaign. SFU is the only Canadian university in the NCAA, and its teams compete largely against American schools, where the Klan name has unfortunate echoes of the Ku Klux Klan. The healing will start when we get the name change. I mean, I'm not, you know, we're not done yet, I should say. But once the name gets changed and when I can tell my family, like, hey, like, we're named this now, you know, like, then I'll start feeling proud. A committee will now be put together to come up with a new name which needs final approval by SFU's president. It's hoped that process will be well underway by the start of classes in September. An NFL team at the center of controversy over its name has taken the first step toward a potential rebranding. In these days of greater cultural awareness, what may have seemed appropriate years ago is not sitting well with some fans today. Tonight, after mounting pressure, the NFL's Washington Redskins announcing it will conduct a thorough review of the team name, which has long been condemned as a derogatory slur against Native Americans. The team owner, Dan Snyder, writing in a statement that he wants input from others while taking into account the proud tradition and history of the franchise. It comes just one day after FedEx, the team's most prominent sponsor, asked the team to change its name. FedEx owns the naming rights to the field where the team plays in Maryland. Also on Thursday, Nike appeared to remove the team's products from its website. Both the NFL and Snyder had for years defended the team's controversial name, Snyder vowing never to change it. The name really means honor, respect. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell saying today he's supportive of this important step. A former player for the team also weighing in. I still believe it should be changed. I think there's been enough uh, public outcry from the group that feels like they're being marginalized by their image as a mascot for an entire cultural identity. Reaction today on the streets of D.C. I'm a Redskins fan. Yeah. For life. Even with the name. Even with the name. It's offensive. It's a slur, a racial slur. I mean, that would be like having a team called the N-word. Well, the Edmonton Eskimos are keeping their name, saying in part they conducted an extensive year-long formal research and engagement program with Inuit leaders and community members across Canada. The consistent feedback was a desire for more engagement with the club. The statement says there were a range of views regarding the club's name, but no consensus emerged to support a name change. The club has therefore decided to retain its name. Canada is suspending an extradition treaty with Hong Kong after China imposed a new controversial security law on the region. Ottawa will also not permit the export of sensitive military items to Hong Kong. The new legislation criminalizes virtually all forms of dissent. It also sets up Chinese law enforcement in Hong Kong and allows anyone detained there to be extradited to the mainland. Roughly 300,000 Canadians live in Hong Kong. The former British colony's sovereignty was given back to China in 1997, but certain rights were supposed to be guaranteed under the one country, two systems agreement. 
A Vancouver family is pleading for help tonight after their baby was diagnosed with a rare neuromuscular disorder. At just two weeks old, Lucy could no longer move her limbs and she struggled to breathe. The only known treatment is a groundbreaking gene therapy, but it's only been approved in the U.S. and it is very costly. As Linda Ellsworth reports, to save Lucy's life, time is of the essence. When Lucy Van Dormel was born three months ago, her parents were euphoric. A pediatrician saw her right away and um, we were told she was a healthy newborn, so we took her home. But within two weeks, they started to notice disturbing changes, like she could no longer bring her hand to her mouth to suck her thumb. And then she basically completely stopped moving all of her limbs and started to struggle breathing. Then came the unthinkable diagnosis. Lucy had a severe type of degenerative disease known as spinal muscular atrophy, or SMA. For me, probably the part that sticks out the most in it all is she was likely not going to make it to her second birthday without intervention. But there is a way to intervene, a drug called Zolgensma, which has shown great promise in correcting the genetic abnormality that causes SMA. But there are two problems. It is yet to be approved in Canada and... If we were to seek that treatment right now without it being approved by Health Canada, it would cost almost $3 million. Making it the most expensive drug in the world. There is another treatment, one that is approved in Canada. Lucy's already on it. Spinraza is not a cure. It's also very expensive in itself. It's for the life of her. She'll be getting these injections into her spine for the rest of her life every four months. Perhaps more importantly, it hasn't entirely stopped the progression of Lucy's disease. And so her parents have started a GoFundMe campaign, knowing that a single infusion of Zolgensma will save their daughter. Need it now, and it's, it's, it's every day counts because it, she's continually losing function and there's no drug out there that can regain that. We know that we cannot get to our goal of $3 million alone. So we're reaching out and asking for help in the community and to fellow Canadians. We need everyone's support. Linda Aylesworth, Global News. It's not often you come face to face with yourself. Just ahead, Dr. Bonnie Henry gets her brand new flu box and gets a good look at herself. Plus, a crazy crash in an Ontario neighborhood. How it looks a lot worse than it is. You're watching Global News Hour at 6. A dramatic crash captured on camera in Brampton, Ontario. Police say this vehicle was traveling down a highway when the driver clearly lost control, rolled over some trees and a fence, hit a parked car and landed on a neighboring street. The driver, a 28-year-old man, remarkably suffered only minor injuries and has been charged with dangerous driving. Well, the province's top doctor tries on her new shoes and comes face-to-face -face with herself. What she thinks of the mural in her honor right after Christie's forecast. All right, meteorologist Christy Gordon joins us. We talked about uh, the flood watch off the top. Christy and Squire and I were just discussing. Mm -hmm. It feels like winter, maybe not quite winter, but oh, yeah. it feels like a mild winter. <laughs> November. 
November at the very least. Yeah, absolutely, Sophie. And, you know, uh, when we talk about the flood situation, this is really late in the season for us to have this type of scenario. That's very rare. And it's because we've had this prolonged period of wet, sort of unsettled weather, as well as cooler conditions. So the snow has stayed in the mountains for a fairly long time. And then we've seen this late rainfall. Yeah, absolutely feeling like November. Here's a look. In fact, uh, the peak of Whistler today, snow was falling there, whereas typically we should be seeing some wildflowers grow. So yeah, tough go, that's for sure. And here's a look at the temperatures. We've seen three days of temperatures near uh, 14 degrees in Metro Vancouver. That's a good five to six degrees below seasonal for this time of year. The good news is conditions are expected to clear out. We are going to see some cloud cover tomorrow morning, not completely in the clear, maybe a bit of drizzle, but overall this weekend is looking terrific. So this could be the first weekend in eight weeks, everyone, that we don't have any rain. So yes, that chance of rain dropping off overnight and staying low all weekend long. But we're still, as we mentioned earlier, still expecting showers in the Columbia, the Kootenai, or sorry, the Columbia, the Caribou, Central Interior and BC Peace River area, where you can expect five to 10 millimeters of rain overnight tonight and through the day tomorrow. But in the meantime, South Coast region, some cloud cover tomorrow morning, especially sunshine by the afternoon, sunshine on Sunday as well. It's next week that we could see chance of showers come Tuesday. And I'll leave you with your central windows, weather window. These are actually uh, endangered pelicans uh, in west of the Williams Lake area. They're called American uh, white American pelicans. Uh, Really cool to see them. Of course, toughing it out in the rain as well, Sophie. (laughs) wonder if they're quarantining right now. They cross yeah, the they might be. <laughs> Thanks very much, Christy. BC's top doctor has some fancy new footwear. Despite the rain, BC's top doc was spotted today wearing her namesake Fluvogs while touring the murals of gratitude in Gastown. The shoes were created for Dr. Bonnie Henry and they quickly sold out online with all sales benefiting Food Banks Canada. Today's event was organized by the Gastown Business Improvement Association. Dr. Henry getting a chance to see a painting of herself up close. What do you think? I think it's definitely got my colors and my necklace and and the sense of anxiety and fear in my eyes that we have. <laughs> yeah, well, she did look anxious and nervous. She can relax a little bit more now. But her <laughs> shoes look good. They do. Yeah. And they go to mm-hmm. a good cause. All right, Squire, what do you have for us? Well, uh, defenseman Bowen Byram, who of course is a star with the Vancouver Giants and was drafted by the Colorado Avalanche, would love to go to Colorado's training camp this month. I just on standby. If uh, they want me to go, I'm ready. And if not, then I'm training for the summer. If he does go, he would be on a team that has a chance to go far in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And later, it's not a Friday unless there's satellite debris. a shout out tag posts with hashtag bc healthcare heroes or email bc healthcare heroes at globalnews.ca to share with global news bc healthcare heroes in partnership with fortis bc caring for the bc communities where we live and work i is standing right now there is a penny embedded in the floor to mark the spot where he has to stand it's for good luck just like the loony yeah that won canada gold i hope that one day we'll win some sort of gold medal because of this <laughs> 
We're not sure what competition or it would be, metal? but perhaps we'll win. Uh, oh, the Vancouver Whitecaps still have not left for the MLS tournament down in Orlando, Florida. Their first game is July 9th against Dallas. They might want to stay here as long as possible before going to Florida. Of course, Dallas have six of their players right now quarantined with the coronavirus. The Whitecaps say everyone on their team is healthy. All tests have been negative. They're ready to go, but they are still in Vancouver. Uh, Vancouver Giants star defenseman and Colorado Avalanche prospect Bowen Byram may, may get the play in the upcoming Stanley Cup playoffs. It's possible. If the Avs need him, he's more than ready to go to their training camp. Bowen Byram's been perfecting that smooth skating stride all summer, and it appears he will get rewarded with an invitation to the Colorado Avalanche training camp later this month. Byram says he's been in contact with the Avs. They want him to come practice as a depth defenseman and would likely only see game action if there were injuries. But that is a possibility with teams jumping right into intense playoff hockey. Whatever happens, he's just looking forward to starting his pro career. I think it'd be a really good experience for me, um, get comfortable with some of the guys on the team, uh, just be around a, a pro atmosphere. Um, obviously, that's, that's where I want to be eventually, so um, whenever I can spend time there and learn from the guys, that would be huge. Like everyone, Byram's had to deal with life during a pandemic. It would be easy to complain that it's put a crimp in his plans to get his NHL career going. But he's taken the positive approach, training hard, building up his body, and being ready for the opportunity when it comes. It's a, definitely a weird time in the world. Um, you're not totally sure what's happening uh, tomorrow. So it's, uh, it's kind of interesting, but I think that's a good way to live too. Um, live in, in the present, live in the day you're in, and not worry about too much uh, in the future. If for some reason Byram doesn't join the Avs, he will keep training in Vancouver in preparation for his 19-year-old season with the Vancouver Giants. He may have the chance to win another World Junior Gold if that tournament goes ahead. He's been invited to Canada's World Junior Summer Camp, COVID edition. It's going to be all done virtually, so um, Zoom calls, things like that, just team meetings, um, probably video, things like that. So. Uh, the, I'll, I'll be attending that. Um, I think it's end of July, sometime around then. So that should be uh, interesting. Um, uh, online, it'll be uh, kind of different, but I'm also excited for that. Byron scores. Hey, look who's back! Lewis Hamilton in Formula One in Austria. First of two races in Austria. First practices were today, and Lewis Hamilton had the fastest car out there, as he often does. A couple of Canadians on the Formula One circuit this year, which right now is eight races. Could be more. We never know. Uh, Nicholas Latifi, though, struggling in the turn. He was 20th in practice sessions. But his uh, Canadian teammate, Lance Stroll, had a much better day. Seventh fastest. The race will be on Sunday. All right. Rocket Mortgage, Webb Simpson. This is a good way to get on top of the leaderboard after two rounds. Oh, it's a sandy save. He's at 12 under par. So is Chris Kirk. Ricky Fowler, it's in. The replay, as we check out the victory lap before this ball decides to go where it's supposed to go. Adam Hadwin's at minus eight. Roger Sloan, unfortunately, missed the cut. Well, we talked about it earlier. After all these years, after all the people asking Washington to get rid of the name Redskins, it looks like this time it'll actually happen because big sponsors are now telling the Redskins to get rid of that nickname. And in the NFL, if anything hurts the flow of money, it is changed. 
One other thing that just came out an hour ago, the Cleveland Indians say they will now look at changing their nickname, which has been around, which I think it's been around for over 100 years. There you go. Interesting times. All right. Thanks for that, Squire. Let's check in with Jay Durant now for a look ahead to Global News at 11. Jay? Thanks very much, Sophie. We are keeping a close eye on the flood situation around B.C. Evacuation alerts have just been issued for a number of properties southeast of Quinnell. And a pedestrian has been struck and killed in White Rock this afternoon. Witnesses say the woman was hit by a community shuttle bus that was turning right onto 16th Avenue from 152nd Street. Details on those stories and more when you join us tonight at 11, Sophie. Tonight's salute to healthcare heroes is coming up next, plus satellite debris. Stay with us. All right, just before we get to satellite debris, it is time to recognize one of our BC healthcare heroes stepping up for BC during the COVID-19 pandemic. And tonight's nomination comes from Christy Baker, who's recognizing her friend, Alana Abel Best. Alana is an intensive care unit nurse at Lionsgate Hospital in North Vancouver. She's also survived two primary cancers in the past two years. She returned to work in the ICU one month into the pandemic after being treated for and recovering from cancer. Christy says her friend is one of the bravest, strongest, most determined women she knows, working in the medical system during a pandemic and returning to the job just after her time as a patient. She is so proud of you, Alana, and we are too, and we want to thank you. If you have a healthcare hero you'd like to see recognized, just send us an email, bchealthcareheroes at globalnews.ca. Include a few pictures and some information about why they're your hero, and we could feature them next. Nice picture. All right. I feel the sneeze coming on. Are you okay? Yeah, it's, okay. I think it's gone now. Um, <laughs> I'm very open about my fear of heights. Yes, you it's are. That's why I never really grew very much. I was afraid <laughs> to be six feet tall. This commercial freaks me out. I don't know if this is real or if it's very clever green screen and CGI, but whatever it is, it is for a hand cream. Let's begin.
That's Just like you point. have them now. See, I don't know. Our, our director, Justin, said during that that his hands were getting sweaty, watch, his palms were sweating watching that. Makes I would sense. not recommend ever trying that. No. Even. Disclaimer, don't do on it. On a short house. Never mind way up there. Don't do it. Okay. So, uh, this next one is much closer to the ground, and it concerns pets. Hey, little fella. Big guy. You know we love you. But while our food has gotten healthier, your food hasn't really changed. With its powdered meat, spray-on flavor, and preservatives that make it last way too long. It's time for fresh meat and veggies. Real food with expiration dates that belongs in the fridge next to our food. Now, who's hungry? Fresh Pet, it's time for fresh. <laughs> what if you're really sleepy one day, you reach into the fridge? Well, they eat our food, so, you know, maybe okay. it's just as tasty. Uh, okay, uh, last two commercials are old school, uh, one from Snickers and one from Doritos. So which one tasted better? Uh, Steve. Yeah, the guy. With Lisa, I only tasted peanut butter and chocolate. Lisa had just eaten a peanut butter cup. But so. with Steve, I tasted something more. It was peanut butter and uh, Snickers. Peanut butter You're right. Snickers. Yeah, that's Steve it. had just eaten Snickers peanut butter oh, squared. Steve was delicious. Yeah. I'd love another taste. Oh, certainly. Eat both squares, please. If you like peanut butter and chocolate, you'll love peanut butter and Snickers. Try new Snickers peanut butter squared. Transmitís una energía muy positiva. Atende, atende tranquila. Hola. Hola, hija, ¿todo bien? Sí. Decime, ¿saliste bien abrigada? Obvio. ¿Tuviste algún problema con el auto? Cero. Bueno, tócame la puerta cuando llegas. Bueno, besitos. Chao. Atende, atende tranquila. Hola. Estás con un imbécil, ¿no? Sí. Tiene un lunar horrible en la cara, ¿no? Obvio. ¿Y del 1 al 5 cuánto le das? Cero. Acá tengo seis casilleros y todos tienen premio. Bueno, besitos. Dale. Eh, me tengo que ir. I didn't see that coming. Who would have known it was going to be a Doritos commercial? No. The Snickers, is that a new Snickers commercial? Well, it's an older Snickers commercial, so I don't know if the product is still around or not. Because that's why I'm asking, because it was a peanut butter Snickers? Yes, it's worth trying, I would think, yeah. Okay, I want to try that. need to find it. All right, uh, final word on the weather, Christy? Sure, Sophie. So the rain is going to ease off finally overnight tonight. We actually have a pretty pleasant weekend in store for us, but we'll likely see a fair amount of cloud, maybe a little bit of drizzle Saturday morning, but it should clear out by late morning hours with a mix of sun and cloud through the afternoon. It was a great summer while it lasted. I don't know, two weeks ago or something like that. (laughs) That's all the time we have. (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Have a good night and a good weekend.